Welcome into Locked On Knicks. I am Alex Wolf, and I am joined today not by Gavin. He's off, I think, at Worldwide of Sports in uh, Disney at the ESPN Complex or whatever. I think he said a softball tournament. I don't know. He's, he's off doing big things, you know, big things, being an announcer, all that good stuff. But I always roll deep. I always come with some buddies on the show when Gavin's not here. So I've got Shwinnie Poo on the show today. What's up, Shwin? What up? So we're going to talk about the Knicks losing. Amazing loss. In in truly heartbreaking fashion, strangely, uh, between two of the worst teams in the league. They lost 107 to 104 to the Cleveland Cavaliers. So we're going to be breaking that one down coming up next on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team Every day. Knox foul from behind. Count and one. As Fisdale pumps his fist. What he does is contagious. Oh, Robinson with a catch and slam. Across the lane to Trier. Trier drives. Becomes infectious. Welcome in, guys, to Locked On Knicks. I'm Alex Wolf, joined by Schwinnie Poo, breaking down this 107 to 104 loss to the lowly Cleveland Cavaliers. But we are the lowly Knicks, and we, uh, I don't know. we are the we, lowly Knicks, and, and we, we triumph over Knicks. nobody. <laughs> I was thinking like we bow to nobody, but I was trying to think what the opposite of that would be. I guess it's like we triumph over nobody. You cannot beat. You can. You cannot lose to us. We are much too bad. Um, yeah. So the Knicks lost. It was ugly. They lost wire to wire. Uh, they got down by as much as seventeen to the Cavs today, and it got real, real ugly when uh, Kevin Love was playing in the first half. That was when most of that big league lead was built up, and uh, then the Knicks kind of Kevin Love got sat for the whole second half because it's like is the he rest. Only, thing. Is he on a minute? Yeah. Is he on a minutes limit or something? Yeah, know. they said that. I forget who tweeted that at halftime. Um, I want to say maybe it was Popper or something like that said that he's on a minute restriction. Yeah. So they sat him down Steve for the whole Pooper. second half. What's that? Steve Pooper. <laughs> Steve Pooper. <laughs> yeah. So they they sat Kevin Love down for the whole second half on a minutes restriction. The Knicks fought back, made it a game. They almost took the lead at one point and then promptly like managed to get down by seven in like an instant and just were never quite able to pull the comeback off. They ended up losing by three. Uh, David Fisdale actually worked up a pretty okay play by his standards to it was, end the it game. Was actually, it, was, it, it was, to be fair, actually, all of his plays on the stretch were like really good. <laughs> like they were, they yeah. were really yeah, good. Was, that three was like it, for Cornet to get it to like it was from uh to to cut it from four to to one. That was a amazing play. That was a really good play. And then you know, I mean, look, Cornet missed a shot to that would have given the lead, but it was a good play. It was a good, really good play. Yeah. After that, yeah, and you know, like I felt like today was kind of a kind of a weird 
Fisdale game from a coaching perspective because I kind of hated his rotations again, like mm-hmm. especially his leaving Kevin Knox in for way too long, things of that nature. But like his his play calling was okay, like which has kind of been a knock on him. So it was good to at least see a little progress from him in a yeah, tight game. But not Knox had thirteen points though. Yeah, Knox had thirteen points. Knox Knox did not have his best game. This was, I mean, this wasn't even his worst shooting game that he's had recently. But, oh, it wasn't? No, not percentage-wise, at least. I would be surprised but, I have not watched Kevin Knox play basketball for a while. Look, I, oh my God, like, am I just allowed to talk, start talking about the game? Am I allowed to, are you, you're yeah. Back? yeah, let's hit it. Let's go. Okay. Uh, Kevin Knox needed to, like, just shut the fuck up today. Like, that's basically what needed to happen today because he was so fucking bad um it's fine he's 19 like i know that any criticism that he gets is always gonna be like 19 fucking people are gonna be like, oh he's 19 yeah i get it dude i get it he's Nin- 19. 19 people are gonna say that he's 19 <laughs> Nineteen thousand Knicks fans are gonna say this. no it 19 yeah. people at 1919 at night yeah. by military time will yeah. be saying it. <laughs> he is 19, and I totally get that. And, like, that's fine. Um, but, like, it, it, that doesn't actually, like, even his shot, uh, his shooting percentage in of itself, that doesn't bother me. What bothered me is stuff like, okay, so I think he collected the rebound. There were uh, the Cavs. Missed a shot. It was 102.98. Just remember this. 102.98, he gets a rebound, right? This is when, like, Kadeem Allen was on his little, like, I don't know what the hell that was. That was, like, some... He was on, like, this Steph Curry run or some shit where he, like, couldn't miss a shot. Uh, whatever. So, Knox gets a, he gets a rebound, brings the ball up, dribbles it up, and then pulls a three, short bricks it, Cavs get the board, they come down the other way, make a three, seven-point game. Like, that's basically the ball game right there. That was exactly just, the stretch I was talking about, too. That was the one that I was saying. Like, the Knicks, like, had an opportunity to bring yeah. it within one, I think, right there. And then it turned into a seven-point lead just based off of Knox not taking a great shot and then, like, horrible transition day. Well, it's like, it doesn't even, it, it's not even necessarily the shot itself that bothers me. It's, like, you know, he was one of six from three before the shot. Yeah, it's kind of lack of self-awareness, like, at this point. You know what I mean? Like, he's got to start to learn at a certain point. Like, if it's not his night, to, like, stop pulling the trigger. Yeah, like, it, it's fine, man. Like, I'm not expecting him to be this some... I'm not expecting him to be, like, a really efficient shot maker right now. I'm not. Um, and he actually did shit tonight. Like, he did the, the do-shit stats that I like to see from him. Like, he had six rebounds. He had three assists. He even had a block, like... Like, I like that shit from him, but he just, he, he took so many bad shots. And then he even, he airballed a good shot today. I don't even know what to make with this guy sometimes. He airballed a a catch and shoot three. I was like, oh. He airballed two of them, actually. It was really concerning to me. Like, I actually, I sent a, I sent a tweet off the posting and toasting handle where I was like, Knox, like, really needs to sit down or something right now. Like, he, he probably needs to sit for a whole game, to be honest. And not, like, as a punishment. 
but just as the fact that like he doesn't have his legs under him anymore. Like he he was not getting nearly enough elevation on a shot tonight, and, and like airballing two wide open threes. Like I don't care if you're 19 or 39. He's aiming. Like, he's aiming. Like he's like, I don't I don't even know what to make with it. Make of it sometimes. I look. All I know is that I'm sure if his name was Kevin Nilakina Jr. or something, he would be getting the NP. But you know, as it is, not. Um, which yeah. is fine. Like I actually, I don't agree. I don't think he should be getting DNP'd. I just, I think that like when he does stupid shit, he should be immediately getting pulled to be like, look, yeah. And like, I don't. That doesn't mean that like he should get pulled and then should never play again. It means get pulled. Fizzle talks to him, be like, look, like that's stupid. Don't do that stupid stuff. Okay, go back in the game now. Like, I, I just don't. He gets this leash from Fizdale, which I don't actually think is productive. Like, I don't think it's, it's, it, it drives home the point. Like, it, it doesn't, it's not beneficial to his long-term growth to me. And, look, I, I don't know what goes on in practice. Maybe in practice, Fizdale is, like, comes back and reinforces it. I just can only go by what I see. And when I, like, what I saw tonight, I was just like, look, man, like, he should have gotten pulled a lot of times before he got pulled. He played 36 minutes tonight. He was the highest minutes get on the team. Why? Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. He didn't earn it. Um, he wasn't good. He did not. I mean, that's. It. I don't want to. I don't want to shit on him because. Uh, Yo, know, you know what? He's only 19. Uh... <laughs> well, I mean, we could be we could be critical of him without shitting on him. You know what I mean? Like. Like, just because he is 19 years old and because he's... And, I mean, I love to point that out, too. I like the fact that he's young and it's it's fun and it's cool that we have this dude who's, like, clearly has some talent that's 19 years old. But he, he shouldn't be immune from criticism, either. I mean, he definitely... He needs, I think... He had a bad game. He had a yeah, really bad he had, game. he had a bad game and he's had a stretch of bad games. And I think he's kind of hitting the rookie wall at this point. I just want to see how Fizdale deals with it at this point. Because, to this point, I don't know necessarily that he's been dealing with it the right way. Like if it were up to me, I think I would, I would, like I said, I would sit him for one game, just give him one DNP, but not have it be like viewed as a penalty. Just be like, look, man, like you got to get some some stuff sorted out. Do you like what he did with Vonley the other night? Vonley had started what, like, like forty straight games or whatever prior to that. Like Vonley had started a lot of games, and he had Vonley in there for three minutes. He got cooked by Blake Griffin on a couple plays, and he said, you know what, sit down, figure this shit out, like watch the game. See what's going on. Try to figure out what you've been doing wrong, and I think I think that would be beneficial to, to Knox right now. I mean, I just I don't know. I think that he he needs to just kind of sit, take things in for a little bit again, kind of chill out, you know, and and it'll hopefully give him some perspective a little bit, and and also maybe recharge his batteries. Like I just think he's tired, and unfortunately, the All Star break, you know, as much as we want it to be like some time off for him, he's going to be doing the Rising Stars game now. And then he's like one of like a handful of Puma athletes now. So, you know, yeah, even as a rookie, he's like he's, one of their. I don't, I, don't like, think, I don't think those games are like, they're not like real energy. Experience. No, no. But what I'm saying is, is that that whole weekend's going to tire him out. Like instead of like sitting back in New York and like chilling on his couch all weekend or whatever, he's going to have to be at the All-Star game doing, you know, at least one of the events. He's probably going to be going to a whole bunch of events like that weekend and stuff, like for Puma and whatever. 
Like he he's not going to get too much like like mental and physical rest. Like he he's going to get physical rest in the sense he's not going to be playing NBA basketball, but like he's still going to be like tired after that weekend. I think. I mean the the couple days before and after will certainly help too. But I I just I don't know. I think that he needs some built in rest time for the rest of the season now, just to kind of like make it so he doesn't burn out. I think that he needs to just take better shots. That's what I think. That's definitely uh, true too. Like but... I like he's got a he's got he he takes way too many of these early clock. I don't I, I don't mind him taking mid range pull ups. Like that's fine because I think that you know like they those are the kind of shots that he has to learn from and they're almost even beneficial because I think like it teaches him a skill set but um you know I'm like watching him now and I'm like the early clock stuff that he does it just boggles my mind like he had one late in the game today where he just fucking drove into like god knows who and he can't drive left first of all he can't drive left because he has no left hand uh but he did it and then he just got stripped and, and then he's, he's sitting like there... flailed he flailed yeah, and then, and he yeah. thought he was gonna get a foul call yeah and then yeah. he was sitting there bitching at the ref and i'm like shut your mouth and get back on defense at least yeah like, at i least remember that possession too i i shook my head at that one too that wasn't a great a great possession for me no and, but... and it, it bothered me because it came uh maybe a possession or two after that terrible three-point shot he took and like to me that's like after that three-point shot there needed to be if not like a timeout conversation some yelling conversation where like Dill just lets him know like look dude you know what i mean like it, i i just i i feel like with knox Fizdale gives him way too long of a leash and way not even long of a leash but way too like uncontrolled of a leash it's yeah, like i i think just do not... what you do and whatever and i'll figure like that's not i, I don't know I, I don't know we won't know for a few years probably whether that's the right strategy or the wrong strategy but to me that is not the right strategy because like right now all i see him learning is that he can do whatever the hell he wants and like stay in the game and play the most minutes in the team. I don't know. Yeah. You and I have talked about this. Like we've talked about it in the, in the posting and toasting slack. I've talked about it with Gavin, like I, Knox is definitely like one of Fisdale's favorite kids, so to speak. Like he definitely gets, I think he definitely gets a longer leash than a lot of guys. Like some guys are held to different standards. I think the Knox are, or the Knox is, I should say. Yeah, like Knox, and, and also Moody like is kind of in the same, same yeah, boat. Not- Knox is definitely like the youngest child. Uh, Moutier might be the oldest child, and then Frank is definitely the middle child. And it, it kind of works out. That's like draft <laughs> draft year wise too. It, it works out exactly that way. It's funny how the family dynamic works out like that. But anyway, all right, I'm ready to move on from Knox. I want to take a quick break because, you know, I it was definitely it wasn't the finest game from him. But I do want to talk about the guys that did well such as Kadeem Allen, Mitch Robinson, because there was there was still some positives to definitely take from this game. So we'll take a quick break, and we'll come back, and then we'll talk about some Kadeem Allen, some Mitch Robinson, and some positives from this overall kind of depressing game where we lost yet another game 
to another, you know, bottom three team. So we'll talk about that when we get back to locked on Knicks. All right. Welcome back in to Locked On Knicks. We're done with the uh, Kevin Knox shitting on portion of the hour. Not that we were, again, you know, we're, we're tough on the kid, but you got to be. Like, someone's got to be. If Fisdale's not going to be, okay? Like, we got to be the parents that he doesn't have. Kevin if Knox we, can be good. He just is <laughs> not good right now. Exactly. Disclaimer. The tools are there. The tools are there for sure. And we just want to see him succeed. So we, we got to give that constructive criticism, even if it hurts a little bit. But we're going to get on to the good players now. I think Kadeem Allen, I don't think – well, you can almost make a case that Mitch Robinson was once again the MVP of this game because I think he you can make a case that, that he's been the MVP of, like, every single game for the last, like, month. But I'm going to give it to Kadeem Allen just to switch things up a little bit. He had 25 points, 10 to 16 shooting in 32 minutes off the bench. Uh, it was really a pretty quiet 25-point game. Like, I didn't even realize how much he had scored until Breen was like, wow, and Kadeem Allen has 20. And I was like, 20? Get out of here. He doesn't have 20, does he? And I was like, wow, yeah, look at that damn box score. At that point, he was shooting like 9 to 12 or something. I mean, he was great. He was he was really decisive. He took nice, quick shots. You know, he was kind of just finding his spots. He wasn't pounding the, you know, the air out of the ball, which – it's something you definitely see from some of the other guards on the Knicks. So that was, you know, nice to see. And then to top it all off, he had six assists as well. And he played some pretty good defense. So, Schwinn, I am curious what your thoughts are on Mr. Allen today. I, I thought that he uh, played a really good game. Let's keep Kadeem Allen and... Like, Cut Moody. Kadeem... <laughs> well, no, I... Let's not even... Let's not get into that right now. All I'm saying is... The way Kadeem Allen played today, like, the way he has been playing, forget just today, but, like, he's kind of, I mean, that's the type of guard you want Frank to develop into. That's literally exactly what I was about to say. I was like, if you could take Kadeem Allen's, like, brain space right now and put it in Frank's body, like, that would be amazing, like, because... It could be Mountain plus a couple couple inches like Frank, you know, to be Frank's size. I mean, that would be a pretty damn good player, I think, right now, like already. And, and you know, just if Frank had that sort of scoring mindset that that Allen has, and see, the, like Allen doesn't even have a scoring mindset though. Like, I think he just like I, today. I think he just realized like like he had it. Like, I mean, he's kind of had it going in the last few games in terms of efficiency. And I think today he just realized like. Look, man. Nobody. I mean, nobody else had it going at all. None of the. Yeah. Other when I say guys... when I say scoring mindset, I don't mean like, I don't mean like he looks to score all the time. You know, like I mostly just mean like having a mindset to score sometimes. Yeah, you right. Know? You, right. You know what I mean? Like knowing your spots, like knowing when to score. You know, rather than like forcing it, like Frank does sometimes, or just not doing it at all. Yeah, like like he only he had sixteen shots today in thirty two minutes. And Dennis Smith Jr. had 12 shots in 31 minutes. But I think anybody that just watched the game would tell you that Smith was forcing it way more than Allen was. Well, though, he had he had the same number of shots that Knox did. And you would have thought yeah. that Knox took twice the shots that he did. Right. Like, all, all of Allen's shots to me came either within the flow or just as a recognition of, like, I'm open, so I should I should take the shot. This is a good shot. Um, 
No, Allen played a great game. He was awesome. He had twenty-five. It wasn't just he had also had six assists, one turnover, one turnover. Like really, really solid game. Played really good defense. Um, I don't know how the fuck exactly he ended up with a minus one and plus minus, but that to me shows that single game plus minus is the dumbest stat of all time uh, <laughs> when taken out of context. Uh, because within this context, like, with if Allen didn't play today, I'm pretty sure we would have lost by, like, 20. Oh, no doubt. I mean, because nobody else is going to make up those points that he scored, especially not that well, efficiently. And, and just, like, you know what it is? is? Yeah, he scored a lot of points, but all of his points came within the flow of the offense. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't get points, like, just, like, Oh, like he ran a pick and roll, then he pulled it out, and then he just did his own thing. Like all of his points were were within the flow of the offense, um, and I think maybe like that's where like Dennis Jr. today, a plus six. I'm telling you, man. Anybody that watched that game today would have been like, "There's no way he was a net positive player." I actually, I actually do have to give Dennis Smith a little bit of props, though. Like his defense was actually really good today. I was gonna say his defense was really good today. Like he had yes. those, I called them like free safety steals that he had today. He was playing he like the long pass down the the floor and just like picked them off. Like they a, were, like, they were really good hustle plays. Yeah, yeah, and he had a couple blocks on Sexton too. That made me pretty happy. Kind of got up in Sexton's face after yeah, the one. But, but like my thing is, a starting point guard, like for him, the type of guard he is. When you consider the type of guard he is, like he had, he, he didn't do enough tonight. He he should have owned, like he should have just destroyed Sexton from the start of the game to me. And oh he, yeah, he and he and Jordan he, and he and Mitch should have been running more pick and roll and stuff. I think I, I'm, I don't not, know I'm not sure. Going. I'm not sure what's going on with him, but like for a guy that scored 31 a couple nights ago, he seemed so uh, tentative. Like yeah, and tentative and just like totally lacking in confidence, which was like the that was the weirdest thing. And look, I, I've never been the highest guy on Dennis Smith Jr., but you know one thing I would never levy at him is lacking confidence. And today, tonight, he just lacked so much confidence. You could see it. Like they they went under on every screen on him, and he just would never pull on a three. And it's like, dude. I don't even care if he bricked it at some point. So shoot the fucking three, man. Just shoot it. Because they're yeah. literally daring you to shoot. They were daring him to shoot it, and he never pulled the trigger. Um, I don't know. I, he just needs to... I don't know. He he seems like a guy that maybe has lost his way a little bit. Maybe... Uh, I, I'm not exactly sure, because after that last game he had... I don't know why he would be lacking over confidence, but he he was tonight for sure. It was very weird. Yeah, it, it's a little strange, and it almost seems like it almost seems like he's missed so many free throws. Even dating back to that that thirty one point game, he missed eight out of nineteen free throws, and it seems like that's kind of in his head, and it's maybe leaking into all aspects of him shooting the basketball right now. Of like he can't make his free throws, so now like in his head he can't make threes either. He can't make mid range shots. Because everything just looked really clunky coming yeah. off his hands today. I don't know what it was like. It, it was, I mean, to use the to use the common Clydeism is he was aiming all the shots today. Like they were, he was he was aiming them instead of just taking them in rhythm, and that's never going to work. So, 
yeah, I don't know. I mean, it is what it is, though. Like, I think there's going to be bumps with Smith, especially because I was talking with Gavin about this the other day. Like, he's still he's only had, you know, a week roughly of time with this team, you know, so there's still going to be growing pains, like pretty much through the end of the year at least as far as like him running the offense or whatever. But I would hope that some of these confidence things get sorted out sooner than later, because that's the sort of stuff that, you know, no matter what, whether he knows one player 50, like he's a guy that can get to the basket and like draw fouls and, you know, find guys with some pretty assists sometimes, things of that nature. I mean, that's just kind of stuff that's all in his bag, no matter what. Yeah. But anyway, let's, let's talk about Mitch real quick too, uh, before we, close out this this part of the show uh mitch i i am trying to think of like an adjective to describe him and i keep coming to mitch ridiculous which is like like on rick and morty when rick calls things ridiculous so i'm going with mitch ridiculous because that's like mitch needs like a new word that just describes him because he's insane like watching him play basketball is like i don't know it's I can't remember the last time that there's been like a player on the Knicks has been this level of just pure excitement for like every single minute that he's out there today. He he went five to six again, like he barely misses any shots anymore. Uh, he had 10 points, eight boards, two blocks. The one 20... shot he had was a fucking terrible pass. It was a terrible alley. Yeah. Trip. Yeah. It was a bad, Behind it was a bad alley-oop. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And then uh, he only played. 23 minutes but he also only had three fouls in that time so i'm kind of curious why he can't get 30 plus minutes because his last seven games per 36 he's averaging 17.3 points 13 rebounds 4.2 blocks and 78.8 percent from the floor what I if mean, i told you he was on a minute what if he's what if you told me he was on a minutes limit why would he be on a minutes limit he is on a minutes limit but like why why is he on a minutes limit? Is my I have no my... fucking idea, but he's definitely on a minutes limit. Look I mean, minutes. It, minutes. it does. It does, does seem not, that way. He doesn't. He does not play big minutes. Like he's on. Yeah, a he yeah. almost always maxes out like just a shade over twenty minutes. I don't really get it though because I feel like Fizdale at first was doing that to protect him from himself with the fouls, but lately he hasn't been fouling a lot. I mean, I I don't know. I feel like if there was ever a time to maybe just like let him loose for one game. And just see what happened. Well, but he did. He, I mean, he he just played him the rest of the game tonight. He did do that today. I mean, he did let him close the game too, which was nice because the last couple games he put Jordan in down the stretch to finish the game off. And not to say that DeAndre Jordan had like a bad game. Like I don't think DeAndre Jordan is really no. Like, DeAndre Jordan did have a bad game. I wouldn't say it was like the worst. I mean, I don't think he's put up any like truly like horrifically bad games since he's been here. He's definitely like had some lapses on D and stuff and he doesn't look like a defensive player of the year anymore. But like, I don't, I don't think he's been he like, he doesn't horrible. look like a defensive player anymore. Yeah. I mean, like it depends on the moment. Like sometimes he lo- he looks like he's still got it. Other times he looks a little more. I don't think guys are scared of challenging him with the room anymore. Mm. I guess that's I, possible. We just like, I don't It doesn't really even matter. Um, it just like, I, I mean, I know that they will never say it. Like, they never say, "Oh, he's on a minutes limit." I'm pretty sure he's on a minutes limit. Um, it doesn't really matter. He was awesome. He had ten, eight, and then two blocks in 24 minutes. 
Yeah, I mean, the one that the the oops just continue to like amaze me. The one that everybody freaked out at the one oop, but then it was at, there was one right after it where I'm trying to remember who threw him the ball for that one. It was it's Allen, right? The one they got I, fouled on. I think yeah, that's the one I'm talking. I yeah, think it was Allen. Allen that threw him out, and he literally yeah. like I think it was Larry Nance who's like no, it like Larry Nance can get up too, and he literally like it looked like when he did it that Mitch's whole head was like above the rim and he like practically like jumped over whoever it was that was trying to defend him like and like reached like all the way around them to like finish off the dunk it was just so impressive like his physical tools are just like off the charts like I I just can't even imagine how much fun it would be to have him and Zion Williamson on the same team like just as far as like pure physical tools go Mm. like i i really 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 hope that the knicks can win the lottery and get zion at this point just so that i can like see mitch robinson and zion williamson on the floor at the same time because they're he's i think mitch like you could really make a case is the most like incredible athlete in the nba right now he's fluid man he's he's a special special player i have no idea how he dropped to the second round. I, I really don't. I don't care that he didn't play last year. Like, to, for a player of his attributes to drop to the second round, he's just a complete failure of, like, collecting. His agent. Uh, his agent. Everybody who makes His agent for... and just fucking, fucking NBA front offices everywhere. 20 to 30, all those fucking idiots. Just be anybody that drafted a big man, especially over him, she was yeah. fired. Like Denny Ainge drafted Robert Williams, got his fucking dick sucked for that. What is Robert Williams doing? This fucking loser is sitting there playing the fucking G League for a team that can't fucking rebound. They're not even gonna fucking like. I mean, I know they were supposed to win sixty-seven games. Not gonna win sixty-seven games. Not gonna win fifty-five games because they're fucking garbage and because their best player is about to come to the Knicks. So, like, you know, uh, suck a dick, Danny Ainge. This went, this got really dark really fast. <laughs> All right, let's, we'll, we'll cut this off. We'll, uh, we'll go to break one more time. We'll come back. We'll talk about a couple more players when we come back to Locked On Knicks and finish off this show. All right, welcome back in. Last segment, Locked On Knicks. We didn't really have anything too particular that we were discussing today. Just all the players, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was kind of a weirdly eventful game for two teams that really, really suck. Like, I guess it was, it felt more important because both teams were actually on equal footing for once rather than just, like, the Knicks getting slaughtered by a team that were clearly, clearly better than them. So, let's talk just a little bit about John Jenkins, who... Played his first game for the Knicks today after getting called up from the G League. And he's on a 10-day contract, so that should see him, I think, through the All-Star break. So he should be in the other games this week as well. So seven points in his debut. He, most importantly, kind of looks like he can shoot a three-point shot. Uh, he only shot one of three, but like he looks like he could shoot the ball, which is a plus because not many guys on the Knicks can do that right now. So, I don't know. I, I was encouraged by his debut, Schwinn. I don't know how you feel about it. Not that he's, like, a super young piece or anything. He's, like, I don't know, like, 27, 28 or whatever. Fucking he's kind of, more. 
Yeah, he's been around the league, you know, whatever. But he's he could kind of be like a mix of like a young guy and a veteran. Be like the new Chris Copeland or something. No, play him more. Play. He's a movement shooter. We don't have enough movement shooters. He is also a catch and shoot shooter. We don't have enough of the. He needs to play more. That guy needs to play more. He's a fucking knockdown shooter. He's a sniper. Play him. That's is he a, is he a B A L L E R? No. He's not a multi poppy trademark uh, baller, no. Um, <laughs> but he he can shoot. He can shoot, and if you can shoot, you need minutes, especially on this fucking team where no one can shoot. Uh, like our best shooter is Kevin Knox, and you know what our best shooter did tonight? He went one of seven from three, and then our second best shooter was Damian Dotson. Well, one of two from three. But two of six overall. Like, we don't have good shooters in this team. We need more good shooters. Keep playing good shooters. Um, you know, that would be fantastic. You know, it, it's funny because our best shooter is actually Lee Cornette. And, That's what I was about to say. Luke and he wasn't even going to, he didn't even play the last two games at all, really. And then he played today. And what happened? He was a fucking plus nine in 12 minutes. I mean, look, I, I just spent some time shitting on some game plus minus but it's more in terms of like you can't just look at it without have watching the, without have watching the game and just like but his like his impact on the game today was real it was real um yeah it, like for such a limited like, time it was really tangible he, he 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 needs to play he cannot be getting dnp because we want to treat DeAndre Jordan really well so that hopefully he helps us recruit Kevin Durant. Cannot do that. Like, Luke Cornett is an actual NBA player. The guy's shooting well over 40% from three this year. Um, like, no. He needs to play. He absolutely yeah. needs to play. And uh, I really hope that this fourth quarter that we saw today wasn't just some fucking anomaly. That it was just something that, you know... Fizdale realizes, like, look, I got to play the guy that's shooting 40% from three. You know why? It's because you absolutely have to fucking shoot the center that's shooting over 40% from three because it gives you so many tangible, positive impacts offensively everywhere. Like, you play Dennis McJr. with that guy, he's got a much clearer attack to the rim than what he has normally. There's just so many positive impacts to it. It just needs to happen. Yeah, and, you know, I was actually, I was intrigued, too. Like, you know, we already mentioned that that Mitch got to actually play down the stretch today, which was kind of a nice change instead of DeAndre Jordan. But it was Mitch and Cornette, and it actually looked kind of good. Like, I was pleasantly surprised by how that lineup turned out. Because, like, Cornette, like, Cornette's not going to chase anybody around on defense, obviously, because he's way too slow-footed for that. But Mitch is capable of doing that. And then they're both capable of shot blocking. So, and they started like running a zone too. In I, I think it was in the second they played, half. They pretty much just played zone the entire second half. Yeah, it was it was almost the entire second half, if not the entire second half. And and that kind of worked with Cornette because like Cornette is kind of the ideal like zone center because he's just like big and kind of lumbering, but actually has a really good sense for shot blocking in close. And that paid off like he had he had one block that was pretty key down the stretch in this one, which was just like another 
another wrinkle to how well his minutes paid off, like his limited, like, 12 minutes today. So, yeah, I definitely, I want to see Luke play more. And I want to see him play more with Mitch because I was really intrigued by that combo. And I think it's something that could maybe, uh, could maybe be built on, potentially. I mean, I don't know, like, built on to some extent, you know what I mean? It's not like, it's not like you would hope that, you know, next year you'd have consistent minutes for Mitch Robinson and Luke Cornett out there all the time. Cause that would just be sad if that's all that this horrible, horrible season turns into next year. But it's definitely something worth experimenting with just for the future. If you ever want to want to run like kind of a versatile too big lineup, like these guys seem to fit kind of well. So yeah, I don't know, but Anyway, I don't know. Do you have anything else to add on like any individual players? Because I want to get into a couple little notes that I had for overtime, the new like thing Gavin and I have been doing. Uh, no, that's it. All right. Well, let's get in overtime then. It's overtime, overtime time. So, the, the arguably the biggest moment of this whole game was by a player who had zero impact on almost the whole rest of the game. Mario Hazonia cocked, like, this insane hammer dunk in the first quarter. And it was, like, it was or first or sec- second quarter. I forget at this point, to be totally honest. But it's because the rest of his game was so inconsequential. But he pulls back this, like, ridiculous dunk that was, like, reminiscent of when he dunked on Giannis. And everybody was like, oh, my God. Like, where did that come from? And then... He proceeded to shoot like two for eight for the rest of the game. He played 15 minutes and generally was just crappy. But I don't know about you. I just thought it was really funny that like Hizonia once again like captivated our imaginations with this like crazy poster dunk and then just kind of faded into obscurity again and did nothing for the rest of the game. I mean, it's definitely very interesting. Is that all you got for me? Man, you go like 10,000 words a minute and you can't give me anything on Mario Hazonia. <laughs> Mario Hazonia is like, I don't even. What am I supposed to make of a guy that like fluctuates between competent to just like fucking third level Spanish division play? Like, I don't know. I have no fucking idea what to do with this guy. Like, I I, I want to like him so bad, but then I watch him play in these stretches where, like, I'd rather have, like, I don't know, my... I'd rather, like, I would trust my, like, right nut to make decisions over Mario Zonia half the time. <laughs> makes no fucking sense, this guy. Like, I, I want to like him. He's a really good... Like, he could be a really good player. He has really good physical talent. I think he just smashed on somebody today. I don't know who it was. It's a very impressive dunk. But, like, it's not there even 50% of the time. It's not even there 40% of the time. He's just... Uh, it's it's very frustrating to watch him play. Because he could be... Because he gives you these flashes of, like, wow, like this guy could be so good. And then... The totality is mostly that he just sucks. Yeah. Yeah. He's it's disappointing. Like I, I know I know you had kind of high hopes for him this year. And I, I kind of did too. And it's it's been disappointing with him. Well, he, he he's even been way better since they started playing him 
only at the four. Yeah. But like even within that context, you just like I, I it's not even just him. It's also not. It's all I am so fucking sick of watching these idiots get rebounds and then push the ball before themselves and then try to run the offense themselves and fucking fail miserably. Like, shut the fuck up. Get the fucking rebound and give it to the fucking guy that needs, like, the ball. Like, get it to the actual fucking point guard on the floor. Because I'm sick of just straight-up morons. Like, watching Mario Hazonia and Kevin Knox try to run offense, which usually just leads to them taking shitty pull-up jumpers. Like, I'm sick of that. I'm over it. Get the fuck out of here with that. Give it to the fucking guys that need the ball. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's go on to part two of overtime here. <laughs> we keep ending on angry notes. <laughs> we should never end a segment I am angry. angry. <laughs> you are angry. All right, well, you can't possibly be angry at this part. So my second thing happened within those same, like, five seconds of the Hazonia dunk. But I just thought it was funny that DeAndre Jordan, like, nearly ended John Jenkins' Knicks career before it even got to start by piggybacking on him, like literally piggybacking on him after Hazonia did that dunk and like riding him around for a solid like 10 seconds. And Jenkins looked both happy and terrified by having this like 200 and whatever pound dude hanging off his back. But I just thought that was funny. I was like, man, DeAndre, like have just a little bit, (laughs) a little bit of sense, dude. Like you're jumping on this dude's back, like who's, a solid like half a foot shorter than you and probably you outweigh by like 50 pounds. Like, please, please take it easy. And as we learn later in the game, it's a good thing. He didn't like end his next career early because Jenkins actually can kind of shoot a little bit and I want to keep him around. But anyway, yeah. Then the last thing I think you'll, I think you'll like this. Uh, Marquise Chris, who, I still, despite the fact that the main reason that I hated him was because of Chris Stapp's Porzingis, who I now also hate, uh, I still kind of hate Chris anyway because I think he's kind of a jerk. I and, fucking hate that. That guy is legit. Nothing made me more angry today than him making two of three threes. Yeah. Well, what was nice, though, to, to use a James Marcita term, was that... Mitch Robinson sunned him to death a number of times today. Like, out-rebounded him, was, like, grabbing rebounds from over his stupid, lazy head and just, like, dunking it on him. I think think the big dunk that I was talking about from Mitch in the last segment was over Chris. I think he was – I think he dunked it over Chris, if I recall correctly. And just in general, Mitch just kind of had his number. So I'm glad that, like, if there's one thing – that Kristaps Porzingis passed on to some other player on this team, it's just like humiliating Marquise Chris on a basketball floor. They involved in there, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all right. I think we're about ready to wrap this up. I mean, we just devoted, as per usual, a lot of time to what was ultimately a shitty loss, again, for a shitty team in the Knicks. But it is what it is. So, Schwinn, why don't you do me a favor and tell everybody where they can find you on the internets. Yeah. You can follow me at 20 poo. Um, and I also write some articles sometimes for posting and toasting. So I think you're writing a, a recap for this game 
coming out probably right about the time when people will be listening to this, right? If they're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, I mean, there you go. Like, you can get double the fun from Schwinnie Pooh on this Knicks-Cavs disaster piece of a game once again. So, thank you, Schwinn. Thank you for coming by. Thank you for having me. Of course. I, you're always welcome on Locked on Knicks. Especially when I need someone to cuddle me when Gavin's not here. Uh, <laughs> yes. <Perfect>. So, <laughs> so this has been Locked on Knicks. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to ask your Amazon Alexa or whatever smart speaker or in your smart car. My God, everybody has smart things that listen to them everywhere now. Ask whatever your smart device to play podcast Locked on Knicks. And you won't even have to use your hands. It's phenomenal. It is very cool. Definitely do it. Other than that, that's about it, man. We're going to be back tomorrow. Uh, we're going to be, I'm going to have some guests. I won't reveal who they are. And we're going to be doing some sort of fun show because there's no game. And I do not know what the fun show is going to be yet because we're going to brainstorm it tomorrow and figure it all out for you then. That's all for today. Enjoy your day. And I will talk to you all soon. Peace out.